Welcome, welcome, welcome. Potent Podcast episode 36? Trills, 36? Yeah, man. Wow, 36. So we're going to label this one David Cohn. All right. So uh, as you can see, we switched it up a little bit. We're doing it live today. And as you can see to my, is it my left? Yeah, well, nope, that's not it. Nope. There it is. That's Hugh. There you go. And under me is Luke from Blow the Whistle, right? Yes, What's sir. up, guys? What's up? How you guys doing? I'm so excited to be here. Um, I was telling these guys before that, you know, you guys have seen me. Obviously, I got my Niners in the background. I love talking sports, but, you know, I grew up playing the drums. Like, I loved music before I loved any football, any sports or anything. So this is this is my passion right here. I'm super excited to be on here with you guys. That's it. Luke, yeah, that's good, man. Absolutely, man. I'm doing good. Thank you guys both so much for having us on. I grew up hella religious. I was only listening to Christian rap for <laughs> <laughs> my early life. Yeah, uh, here we fucking go already. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting there. But yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm feeling great. Uh, I you know after uh, you know once I really started getting into high school, middle you know late middle school, hip hop just became a huge part of my life. Love talking about it. The potent pot is great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, man. And Trills, what's up, man? You uh you in a spacey room right now, like we had talked about. Like uh it looks like city girls type stuff. Like, is that is that what's going on? I one hundred percent look like a city boy right now, bro. <laughs> Nothing in this living room at all but echo and rolled up carpet, man. Hey man, look. You're in the process of doing things. You're not. This isn't permanent. That's the issue that we take with people who like post them pictures of like, all right, you going out, but you sleep on the floor, bro. Like, what's like, what like, what's the word here with this, man? <laughs> look, all right, here we go. Look who, look who already is here. Hey, uh, oh, the, legend, is. the legend. So look, so we're just gonna get right into it. The foolishness. Let's go for it. Hey yo, what the fuck? All right, so y'all know that this is a completely bad subject for this podcast anybody who's listened right trust we don't talk about tory lanes on here at all no at all no okay because we stand meg over here and we also stand treating women right okay but that's exactly why we about to flame this boy <laughs> man trust can i ask you a question how the fuck are you a rapper and in any situation find yourself photographed with your top off like fam what Happen. Go talk to me a little bit, bro. First of all, I don't know. Tory is, is he in the states or is he in Toronto? I don't Who know. There he is, right? But right. you you are a rapper, right? And you you should have homies, bro. Like, there's no way any of my homies let me walk out with my George Jefferson out, bro. There is no <laughs> way it ever happened. Did you see the video of um of Jamie Foxx rapping the baby? Like him as the old dude. I need some shit with some bop in it. That's what this man looks like, but he ain't old and that's not makeup. Yeah. Um, Hugh, talk to me. Like, you know, like the reason that I'm gonna go a little bit harder on him is because of the things that I laid out about what's going going on with Meg. Like, I would clown that man even if he didn't do any of that stuff, but now he's definitely double about to get it. But go for it, Hugh. So the only Tory Lane song I think I've ever listened to in my life is Say It. And kind of like what Trills was saying, one of his homies needs to say something because nobody should be going out in public, especially someone in the public eye with their hair like that. Like at my mom's house, she's getting her backyard redone, right? So she hasn't touched the grass in years because she's going to get it all pulled out. So there's just like little tufts of grass with like big mounds of dirt. 
It's identical to his hair, dude. It's so bad. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at, and I hate it. But you're right to flame him because, like, Luke and I on our pod are very supportive of women in sports and women in general as well. And we're totally Team Meg. I think I can speak for Luke in that in this situation. So, yeah, like, I mean, he's got no better, but, like, Man, if he's going to have his posse with him, too, like I'd be embarrassed to be with him if the star of our show is looking like that. Somebody bro, has to tap him bro, on the shoulder. They are playing yeah. ball with this man, bro. Let go. So, <laughs> all right. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Tros. So they're playing ball. Did this man take the top of his hair off and be like, yo, I'm going to put this shit back on before we like we're done? Brother. We're done. Do you have a toupee? Right. Like, like, what does this man have? Like, so Tiger's doctor is this is this is like this is where's tiger's hair at now at this point if if tori's already at this point did tiger get the good hair did you set tori up for failure luke talk to me bro like what the fuck this man's okay. head looks like when you pull the fucking reese's cup off and it takes a little bit of the fucking chocolate off i'm, I'm glad you mentioned i'm glad you mentioned hooping because honest to god he looked like when those cats put on the old makeup for uncle drew like when Shaq and KG put on the old ass makeup and went bald for Uncle Drew, he looked fucking terrible, dog. Like, what are you doing? And again, like to echo Hugh, Trills is right. Like, if I was going to the club, even if I was just hooping, and I and I looked like that, somebody would be like, "Throw a hat on, throw a hat on right now." Yeah. And you're a celebrity. People are watching you, and you already shot a woman like yeah, three man. months ago. Yeah. You gotta, you know, you're gonna get flamed. And he's out there uh, looking like a fucking my 90-year-old grandfather with his hair <laughs> just a mess like that. Like, people flamed Kevin Durant for having some patches. What do you think is going to happen? He needs those LeBron James hair plugs, dude. Yeah, Honest to God. Like, LeBron James 2012 heat when it was just sharpied on there. <laughs> and then next year he has a full cut. Tory Lanez needs that more than he needs oxygen. Now, Bro, all is four he, of is- us. All four Good. of us have great hair right here, but we're all rocking hats. Like you can do it, Tori. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. You. It's easy. Oh no. my god. My question yeah. is: is like, yo, did you pay for the hair in an installment plan? Did you miss a payment? Did they take that shit off? Like yeah, it's getting repoed. It's getting repoed. Yeah, they, they, he's like, bro, you you missed this month's payment. Let's take a little bit of that shit off. We'll leave the shit on the sides, but you know. And then look, here's the thing, right? Trails, I've known you for a while. You know, Hugh, Luke, you know, we're newer. But if we're going out and you're wearing a shirt that's fucking wrinkled, I'm going to tell you, fam, change that shirt or or, or iron it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I care about y'all like that. Like, yeah, I really yeah. do. So when you got them yes men in your circle, I'll be like, look, Tori, you might kick me out, bro, but you need to fix your fucking hair, fam. Like, put a goddamn hat on. Put a do-rag on. What's Somebody the in his entourage got kicked out. I, I guarantee it. Whoever his main boy is that's supposed to check him like that, he's donezo. Because yeah. that man is getting flamed on the internet worse than like worse than anybody I've seen in some. He's time, getting honestly. flamed for this worse than shooting Meg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Yo, god! This is by far my most favorite one, bro. It's probably gonna be hard. This <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> man incredible oh my god dude like people i like tweeted about i tweeted about it and like a, a few people have liked it and i've looked at their profile and there's people whose entire like twitter presence right now is dedicated to flaming tory lanes for yes. his trash and like people like 10 retweets in a row <laughs> like oh that's, my god like dude you're already like you're already on thin ice you can't do this shit that's exactly too far. bro and and that's my thing too it's like dude first of all 
we don't want to see you. You should be laying low. Now you're mm-hmm. coming out in public just hooping like shit is cool and your fucking roof is missing. Like yeah. it, it's just it's ridiculous, man. All right. How do you and think he, he did in that game though? How do you think he did in that game? Do you think he was he so trash. angry about looking like trash? He's trash. I, yo, he... I would punch his shit on purpose now because of the Meg shit. Now that I'm gonna take that shit personally on your hair. Like that's it. Your oh, hair yeah. is gonna get you fucked up. Even Bro, worse. I I know he shot like two for 14 in that game. I mean, it goes back oh, to what yeah. Deion Sanders said. You look good, like, you play good. Yeah, like, good play you not good. look good. Like, I'm, I'm trash good. on the court, and I know how it feels for people just downtown to roast me. Like, Because they'll roast you about anything. Like, I used to, like, back when I lived in I lived in downtown Reno, there was a court right there, and I'd go play a couple times, and people would just be like, hey, let that motherfucker with the long shorts shoot. He's trash. People were flaming him all game, I guarantee. Just like, yeah. that man don't have no top. Let him shoot. It must have been horrifying. <laughs> Uh, That's wild, dude, bro. Let's all right. Let's move on though. Let's keep going. Hey yo, what the fuck? So I sent you guys a tweet because most of the time that we do this, Trills always. Most of these topics are based off of just DMs between me and Trills. Like me and this man, we speak in DM form only, and it's always tweets of just like I either answer bro or fam or what the fuck because he'll always send me things like that. So he sends me, and this is nothing to laugh at. Rick Ross has a tiny desk concert. You, anybody who's listened to this podcast understands how much we celebrate Rick Ross and his catalog and how oh, yeah. slept on he is for his contributions, right? Yes. So we're not making fun of the concert. What I am going to make fun of, and now, Trills, I'll pose the question to you first. Was this ever rehearsed or was this something that came about like 10 minutes before you jump on and you're like, that guy's your backup man, and I'll let you tell the story as to why we're laughing? There's no way. Rose picked this guy specifically to sing ad libs, bro. It could not have happened that way. So I can, I think I can, I can find the tweet and try to play it through here. That might be funny. I mean, I know that, I know that you're going to eventually cut it up and you're going to put it, you know, in a video. Um, just give me a second to look for it, but it's just so strange that like the, the name of the song is blowing money fast. Right. Yeah. And Instead of it being something like, you know, how upbeat and enthusiastic that song is, this man decides to take the R&B approach, which just doesn't, and I found the tweet, it just doesn't go, but I'll play it for you. All right. I'm, I, so you clearly know where I'm going with this, right? Here, here's the thing. I wanna, I wanna drop this in real quick. Go, Hugh. We, we, we were just talking about Tory Lane's hair. We need to talk about that guy's hair too, because that wasn't the move either. It was like half pink, but it was like falling apart on top. I don't know what was going so, on there. So, Hugh, this is so. This brings me back to my original point. Did Rick Ross pick this man to be in the background, or did he show up and they were like, "That's your guy." And he's going to be doing background for you. And you're just like, fuck, this is what I got to run with. Man, this might this might uh, get me in trouble early. I think he was just thrown in there. But I, hallelujah. Like, I, w- I was feeling it a little bit. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. And I'm not ashamed to say it, okay? Like, I get the jokes, but I was feeling it a little bit. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm down for the gospel shit every once in a while, but like, when when Rick Ross is going like hard as fuck, I'm like, right. I want to I, I like deal drugs right now. 
I don't want to. I don't want to listen to like my grandma in church, like Larry Hoover. Like, you know, like I was just like I was thrown off. I was thrown off. Yeah. So I, look, I feel like that's the one dude NPR picked. Like for the time desk concert, NPR is like, oh, we have to have one guy of our choosing in there. And they, yeah. <laughs> See, here's my thing: is while I agree with you, he doesn't sound bad. It doesn't fit the tone, and that's really exactly. where it's at. Yeah. Trust, yeah. go for it. Yeah. There's no way that man is on key, bro. <laughs> no. Um, but bro, this is one of the most hustling songs of hustling songs, bro. Do you think Big Meech wants to hear that guy singing <laughs> like that? Oh, that no. Song? no. I'm scared now, Trills. Am I going to look at Blowing Money Fast now only because of this? Like, you know how things become a meme and then you lose yes. how serious the song was? Because I fucking love that song. And yeah. now all I'm going to think about is when I hear that shit and it comes Hallelujah. up on my shuffle one day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, turn this shit off. I. Son, if I'm ever around you while that song plays, please know I'm singing it just like that. See, but then that's funny, but I don't want to think it in my own mind. Oh, you're going for the rest of your life. It's over. Yeah, all right. So good. It's fucking ruined. Thanks a lot, guys. It's tainted right now forever, honestly. That song is incredible. And Teflon Don is one of his best bodies of work, man. And it goes with that. I don't understand. Fuck. (laughs) It's like, ugh. It's fucking tough, honestly. I just like, I, and I love the tiny desk concerts too because they always like they always do something a little bit original, like they do something a little bit different. And this time they just went like a little too far in the other direction. Where I'm just like, that's not it. That's not it. Like that's yeah. not speaking, what I want to hear right now. Like speaking of that, Luke, the if anybody, I don't know if it has it dropped. Has two chains one dropped the 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 tiny desk where he's uh, getting a pedicure? I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah. That's next. And I need the that only shit. person as a that fan of two chains and a fan of Manny Petty's. I need that shit. Honestly. <laughs> the only person that could pull that off is Titty. That's it. Yeah. That's the only person that could pull that off. He has the bravado. He has everything going for him to do it. I didn't blink an eye when I saw that clip of him. Of him, I was like, "Yep." I was like, "That makes total sense." That's yeah. so. I think that lends to what you're saying about Tiny Desk. Yeah. yeah, it's it's always a little bit unique, honestly, and like. Low-key, like, uh, people can roast dudes that get pedicures or whatever, but, like, if you're spitting and getting a pedicure at the same time, that's that's fire. That's dope shit. Ain't, ain't arguing against no pedicures in here I, at uh, all, man. We all right. We're on the same level then because, honestly, that's my shit. I'm down with it all the time. <laughs> Bro, I am, Bro, I am Bro, so pro. Uh, nice and she goes up to the calf, I'm done. Oh, Bro. yeah. Give me that hostile <laughs> massage on my feet, dude. It's over. Yeah, I'm done. So you, you talk to him real life. quick, man. Man, I'm I, I'm I've never gotten a Manny Petty, but it sounds like I'm missing out. So someone needs yeah. to educate me on that. Same. But I, yeah, I just want to. I, I want to piggyback. Uh, I want to piggyback Luke on just how how cool those tiny desks are. Just because, like I said at the beginning, like I played drums my whole life, and yeah. you know, hip hop with like like when you see it live or in a tiny desk environment and there's real instruments there that gets me so hyped, dude. Like every, like I'm of the belief that like studio recordings of rap songs need drum, like acoustic drums in them, like the 808s and all that. Like I get it and they're fun. And obviously they've made like incredible beats along the way, but there's something about like getting a drummer in there. It's just a different energy. So like, I'm all for like, especially with this environment, like that, that song with, you know, 
a bass guitarist and a drummer in there and even our gospel singer guy like it it just brings out like a different energy so i'm yeah. so, so wait, pro so huge, live so instruments in hip-hop he does and i'm for it in that song i'm, I'm I was gonna have vibing. to find this man's music because it sounds like <laughs> that shit might have some bop in it real quick you know what i mean if i you know if i could party and praise the lord at the same time then you're doing things right Hey man, you play that song in your car and it's a combination of windows down, like head banging, but you're also clapping, like hallelujah. Like that one song you can play with your grandma on the way back from church and you can both turn up. (laughs) And it goes. I love it. All right, look. That was uh that was Ayo What the fuck? Um real quick, I mean, I don't know um if everybody has. I, I just felt like we should touch on it real quick. Um, has everybody here seen Judas and the Black Messiah? Yes. Everybody, I'm not, I've not All seen right. it yet. Okay, so we'll we'll gloss over it real quick. You know, um, I just wanted to make sure that we talked about it because there was a there was an album centered around it. You know, that has an amazing amount of songs on it. Honestly, you know, yeah. um, but man, um, I don't think I've been impacted by a movie like that in such a long time. Honestly, like realistically, like I I sat there and the movie went off and I just was just you know just thinking you know more than anything yeah. and that's what good art does is when it's over it it makes you it makes you think more and i wanted to do more research and i wanted to learn more you know um and i felt like there's plenty that goes on in this country as far as education and what they teach you and what they don't right like it's almost like you know um they teach you slavery was bad and then oh abraham lincoln freed the slaves and then martin luther king died and now everything's good yeah. you know is there's never anything in between there's never any sort of broad strokes or anything like that. You know, it's always just the black and white. What's on the what's on the books, and and I was lucky enough to have my parents introduce me to that that outside of the box thinking, but they never talk about Fred Hampton in school ever, ever, mm. ever. And if they do, anybody talks about him, they talk about him in a negative light. Right. And yeah. uh, I just want anybody who who has seen the movie, I'd love for you to chime in or whatever. But I just felt that it was important to talk about it since we run a hip hop hot. For me, and I don't, I don't mean to speak up. You know, first, if anybody else has has you know more developed thoughts on this, but you only hear the positives of history with the entire civil rights movement. You hear about Martin Luther King Jr. You don't hear about how the FBI encouraged Martin Luther King Jr. to kill himself. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the entire Fred Hampton story is a story of resistance. It's not a story of necessarily you know, and especially economic systems. I mean, this dude was not a a, a capitalist who loved the the government style and, and just said hey we want things to be better he wanted things to be different yeah and he was considered a danger and that's the biggest thing and i mean the entire black panther party as a whole is really looked over in oh. history i mean the the way that we are the, that we are taught about the black panther party is that they are dangerous like i mean uh, hugh and i grew up what 30 40 minutes from oakland where the black panther party started and in our schools, I don't know if the experience was different for you, Hugh, but in my school, like the Black Panther Party was taught as the negative parts of the civil rights movement. Yes, Very similar to how people refer to kind of like, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. is the good side of the civil rights movement. Malcolm X is the dangerous side of the civil rights movement. Yeah. And that's the same, you know, lump that the Black Panther Party gets put into. So it's like uh, Fred Hampton wasn't fucking mentioned in my history books. And it took research like on my own part to be like, oh shit, 
Yeah, no, this was a dude. He was 21. He's younger 21. than I am, right? That's incredible. I think that's yeah. what I walked away the most with. I, I was just like 21 yeah. at the time of his death and everything that he had done. That's incredible. Like I like when I was like, 21, I contributed nothing to society. One thousand percent. My my one issue, my only issue was the with the movie was the casting because it made it. Uh, I'm not intentionally, I'm sure, but it made them look like you know full-ass grown adults like he's daniel daniel yeah. glue are, are grown-ass adults and it's like no these dudes were kids and yeah. making change in the world like uh, you know and he got shot down and that's but that we're never taught that shit that's why i thought it was so important because it was finally a view and this is coming from a, a white person's a very privileged white person's view that like it's important for me and people who look like me to learn about this shit because we are not taught the entirety of the civil rights movement. Yeah. And that's why it impacted me so much because it's like I can read blips here and there in history books, but to like get at least even if it's an artistic glimpse, but at least a glimpse into like what it was like for these people and what it was like for the people who made a huge difference in our country mm-hmm. and were a huge backbone of the civil rights movement, that's incredibly important to me. Like I was like really like I love that movie. It's not a movie I want to rewatch. I don't want to see it again. I think I, I'm it's, good. Yeah, I've seen it, and that's it. It's one of those like you put in the can and you don't watch again. But, yeah, but yeah. you need you to watch it. it. It like upset me at the same time, just because I'm like, fuck, like that is like the history that we're taught is not the real history, and right. that is that was the difficult part for me. It's like shit. Yeah, no, this is not a blockbuster film. I'll watch Black Panther or fucking Avengers Endgame over and over again because those yeah. are blockbusters. This movie, incredible movie. Not something that like I could just watch over and over again because it's something that sits with you. Yep. Right. Um to echo that, yeah, it's it's you're right. Um we we know that like history isn't taught the way it should be. It's not taught honestly. Um, but luckily, right now we have people in positions to create film. And to steer media in the way that's honest. So now people get to see that COINTELPRO was a thing. Um, That the FBI was created for these specific reasons. To infiltrate movements that would have changed the course of the country. Uh, We get to see... The Rainbow Coalition, a lot of people had no idea that that's incredible. I didn't. I didn't. Right. To have so to have Fred Hampton be able to pull Puerto Ricans, white people, they left out the Chinese, they left the Mexicans out. Like he was able to bring all of them together as part of the Rainbow Coalition because his message was always the powers in the people. And you mm-hmm. know, you always hear that, right? But it's like when, when you listen to him, what, see, what I had to do myself, because I wasn't going to pretend that I was fully versed in Fred Hampton. I had only heard about it because my father had opened my eyes to it. You know, my father was always the hip one with, you know, he read the autobiography of Malcolm X and all those things. And he had always been hip to those things. But I had to go back and check his cadence with Fred Hampton. It, it, it's on point. It's uncanny. It's incredible, like how he was able to nail that. And then you listen to, Daniel Kaluuya speak, and he's from England. And this he's man, deep from England too. He's right, like, right, right. from England. Like it's crazy, man. And 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 you know th- those are the things that like you know when I was watching it, you know, yes, you want to fact check everything, and for the most part, the only things that they filled in that they didn't know was what 
the direct conversations were with that cop and you know the and but that's but that's not that's not taking liberties with the source material at all right like yeah. they they stuck to the story they just filled in the blanks i feel like so like that's what i what like when it was over you know and and when you read that the 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 actual encounter at the end was way more brutal than mm -hmm. they even depicted in the movie that's hard to take man it really is like well, because how could it get more brutal than what they depicted yeah you know and like and, just to speak for myself a little bit i just moved to chicago those clips at the end where it shows the you know the the real fred hampton talking those marches it's like 20 minutes from my apartment a 20 minute walk from my apartment i've been there yeah i've been there and there's no that, you know, you always see the monuments that, has, you know, incredibly important historical events. There's nothing there about that shit. And it's an incredibly important thing that yeah. should be noticed. And I was like watching that and I was like, fuck, I was walking there last weekend and there's yeah. nothing up. And it's just like the reason why it was so important, like to me in my mind, is that it's like, the people in who have societal power need to know about this and need to understand this because we can't just think again, like, like Jay said in the beginning, it's very much taught like slavery happened. That was bad. Abraham Lincoln happened. That was good. Then segregation happened. That was bad. Martin Luther King happened. That was good. Now we're all good. And that's yeah. not at all how it fucking happened. Like this was after Martin Luther King. Yeah. Well, and what I just, learned it's too. lost over. What I learned, too, like I haven't seen the film yet. I definitely want to watch it and educate myself. But kind of piggybacking on Luke's point, too, you know, being a white privileged male from the Bay Area, my education of black history in this country is very similar to what Luke was talking about. But the more I've grown up, too, I've kind of realized that the way that it was framed to me and, you know, everybody else that I grew up with was kind of in a in a pretty shitty way, like to, for lack of a better way to put it, what I mean by that is they, they love to preach how Martin Luther King did everything so peacefully. And look, Rosa Parks stood up and got off the bus. And then like Luke said, they, they made the black Panther movement very negative, but the black Panther movement was essential. And they'll use these same arguments today of, I don't know why there's protests and I don't know why there's riots because like Martin Luther King did it this way. Like he would never condone that. And it's like, you don't get to speak for the man. Like you right. can't push the narratives of, you know, like the African community, the African American community just did everything so peacefully. And right. that's what got stuff done. Like that's not the full story. And then they erase those parts of history where, you know, things need to be done like in a different way, in a more forceful way, because they don't want that. And they just want the peaceful obedience still. Yeah. Um, and I've also just kind of learned personally that it's, it's on me to kind of make sure I'm educated, uh, especially because like, I love hip hop, you know, I love a lot of things about African-American culture and I indulge myself in it and I enjoy it. And it wouldn't be fair if I, enjoy all of those things without recognizing who they are what they've yeah. been through and supporting so, them yeah so the loving black culture without supporting that's, so that's exactly. that's it right there trolls if you had any doubt in your mind about those guys that's the statement right there right and oh, yeah. that's the way i feel as a puerto rican male i attribute a lot of what makes me me to the hip-hop culture so it's up to me 
to educate myself and keep myself on the the you know on the the proper thinking on the proper thought process and, and on everything as well too it's just you know that saying i wish people love black rights as much as they love black culture and right. that's something that yeah. i always want to make sure that you know we all right we're getting heavy here but i'm glad that we got to talk about this because i felt like we, there's no way that we could have done this without watching it because this movie still hasn't left my mind since i watched it honestly um you know like at the end of it i put on my green jacket i just didn't have the beret I was about to start walking in the street. Like I had the long green jacket. I was ready. You know I got that shit. I you know yeah. I got the army joint. Yeah. Um, but but look, you know, let's let's keep it back about music, right? So Hugh, Luke, you guys are from the Bay Area, right? Yes, sir. So, you know, we've had our discussions with people from the Bay Area, Grant, other people, and things like that, right? Um, there's people in Bay Area culture that aren't mainstream, but are huge for Bay Area culture. And we can say the same thing for people on our side like so bay area you know for what i know limited stuff mac dre e40 how you slot them is up to how you look at them and i'm sure there's more people too short i'm missing a bunch of those mm -hmm. people right the way that i would attribute mac dre and trills you can tell me that that i'm off here right mm. max b over here is so influential to so many guys whether they want to say it or not but he's not as recognized over here as many people are, right? So yeah. I feel that, like, Mac Dre only really, for me, got brought to my attention after he passed away. But it yeah. seemed like when he was around, he was influencing more people. More people wanted to be like Mac Dre. And that's so that's what I was kind of alluding to with the Max B thing. Whether people want over on our side to admit it or not, and some of your favorite rappers are influenced by Max B. Whether they wanna, you know, whether they want to admit that or not, I think that that's sort of similar to Mac Dre in the way that, yeah. you know, Mac Dre has this huge impact. You guys should talk to me a little bit about like him and, and or, or, you know, we'll start here and then you guys tell me about where you're at right now with your current hip hop list. So, so I mean, like Mac Dre started the hyphy movement and that's the Bay Area. That's Bay Area hip hop thing is hyphy, mm -hmm. you know. And he started all the hyphy movement. And so Mac Dre for me personally is tied in my like in my Bay Area hip hop list with E40, just because Mac Dre obviously he passed away young. He didn't have as much time. E40 has the longevity. E40 has the nationwide hits, everything like that. But really with Bay Area hip hop, it like Mac Dre is still at the center of that. Yeah. You know, it's it's the hyphy movement. It's the Thiz dance, like the Thiz face, like yeah. that shit is still out there. Everything that you look past in Bay Area hip hop, really, and there are there's a lot of of you know the Bay Area launched a lot of things, but Mac Dre is by far the most popular, one hundred percent. But really, like when you look at all the rappers that are still putting out stuff, it started with Mac Dre. Like he he's the godfather of Bay Area hip hop to me. I mean, like Keek the Sneak, he's he's in my top five for Bay Area rappers of all time. I mean, about. see, I need that sort of yeah. insight, right? Because people who aren't tapped into the Bay, right? I know Keek the Sneak because it's tell me when to go. I'm not gonna act like mm -hmm. I know more, you know, or, or I know him because of like, you know, like, look, I consider myself a historian, but I don't go that deep, and I wouldn't have known that if E40 didn't put him on that record. Yeah, because tell me when to go is forever a national hit like you can play that in any club and it's it's yeah. on you know like i'm i'm glad 
I'm glad you said that, Luke, because the point I wanted to make is like when Luke and I went to college together, we would we would go out to the club and if Tell Me When the Go came on or oh. like Hyphy by Keek the Sneak came on, you knew in an instant everyone in that room who was from the Bay Area because everybody yeah, stopped, everybody did their fizz face and everybody started to Bernie and that was it. Yeah. So <laughs> the the culture of like bay area hip-hop is so prevalent in the area because you go to a niner game you go to a warriors game people are fizz facing everywhere they're always playing bay area music everybody loves it uh mac dre has to be like luke said perfectly the godfather because he put it on the map i mean you have drake who's the most commercially successful rapper of my generation saying rest in peace mac dre i'm gonna do it for the bay i can't even imagine how many people he put on a Mac Dre with that one line. Oh yeah. So that that's what really stands out to me. And that's how that culture is really embraced and how it's spread as well. Uh, Andre Nicotina is another name that if anyone needs to list some Bay area rappers, he's essential um, along with Keek. But the, the last thing I'll say too is Bay area rap beats like Mac Dre beats, especially they stand out amongst everything else you know when it's a beat from a bay area rapper as opposed to uh like another area i think new york rappers have a lot of that same sound which i'll talk about later when i talk about my favorite rappers um but yeah bay area hip-hop is it's become more of like a cultural uh thing across the nation and people recognize it as its own subset of rap and it's so inclusive like yeah, if you're from the Bay Area, you take more pride in it. But again, like Drake's from Canada. He loves Mac Dre. You know, yeah. I way back in the day, I used to love Tech Nine. He would talk about Mac wait, Dre wait, all the you, time. Wait, you you don't you don't gatekeep Bay Area? You so so there's no gatekeeping on Bay Area, Bay Area music, but there's gatekeeping on Bay Area teams that you can't be fans of, right? <laughs> all day. Oh boy, you're, you're gonna get us in trouble. I don't know the vibe. <laughs> I've, I've heard if you're not from the Bay, you can't be a Niners fan. I heard if you're not from the Bay, you're a hoe ass if if you try to like the Niners. That's just I don't what know. I heard. I, so, yeah. Tros, I don't know the vibes. Yeah, that's the what vibes I, mean to I don't know them. That's specific. Uh, that's a specific thing you need to know to be a Niners. So, yeah. Fan. If so, you've never been in Levi's Stadium, per sources, you can't like the 49ers. That's he, just what I heard. Any analysis that I have is tossed out the window because I don't know. <laughs> the yeah, cut it, cut it. But I'm sorry, get no. it, Hugh. I didn't yeah. catch up. Well, no, that that's yeah. it. I hope no, that's not true I, for New York because, like, literally, when I was making my list of all my favorite rappers, most of them come from New York, and I never put that together. So, so maybe I'm right, I'm an East so, Coaster at well, heart. I so like perfect. okay. My my thing because I was going to get into that. That's what we we're going to do next, right? Like so. Look, I think this will lead into the the big discussion that we're going to have at the end. We did talk about, you know, Judas uh, versus the uh, and the Black Messiah. The soundtrack has records from Nas and Jay-Z on there, back-to-back, both incredible records, man. And we're going to get to those because it's going to have to, you know, go into what we're talking about. But, you know, Hugh Luke, talk to me about just top five or, you know, like I hate to say give me five, right, you know, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, it's it's so hard to figure out five right but right, i'll say this what, exactly and what <laughs> i told what i told these guys is my favorite rapper is from california and that's kendrick lamar yeah. so i as much as i am east coast to my heart my favorite rapper now lives in your state 
yeah. and I don't know. And and it seems well, like people have differing get. get. Well, and let's be clear, like NorCal and SoCal, deeply different. Deeply different. different. Yeah. SoCal is almost as different from the Bay Area as New York is to the Bay Area. Right. Like it's a it's a completely different vibe. But but like you, Jason, like I'm from the Bay Area. My favorite rapper ever is from New York. My favorite rapper is is Biggie Smalls all day. Like and not a bad choice. And that is the one thing I really appreciate about hip hop music is it is it's deeply divided between geography, but at the same time, you can appreciate the differences in style, the differences in sound between these different areas, and really appreciate that. So, so for me, I, I couldn't do top five. I had to. I mean, I have like different artists rotating, but like Biggie's my number one, just always. I think he he's. Jay, you and I and Hugh in the group chat, we were all talking about this the other day, like the, the favorite and best lists. They overlap. That's a good discussion. Let's save it. Let's save that one. That's a good discussion. Yeah, we'll save I do want to get but, to that because I think I think yeah. that's a good discussion. And Trills, we've talked about that, right? About being able to differentiate your favorite from who you perceive to be the best. And that's a little bit of foreshadowing yeah. down the line, like we can talk yeah. about. But yeah. It's yeah. it's a big discussion, but where the lists overlap for me is notorious big all day for me and number one on both of them like i think he's the best rapper of all time if i want to just like if i just want to bop some shit he's my number one number two is kendrick for me just because like both the the beats the hits and the lyrics for me are on point always you know like i think that just in terms of talent and flow he's he's at the top if not the top uh Three for me, this is real white boy shit, but like Mac Miller holds a very special place in my heart. That's different though. Like, That's different. And yeah, and like, and I think that I think that unfortunately, and this is something again, Trills, that we talk about all the time. It always takes someone's untimely demise before mm-hmm. people understand who the yeah. guy was. And I hate that. I yeah, hate it. 100%. Because it's as soon as somebody passes away, they're the best of all time. And it's like, dude, you need to start giving people their flowers while they're here, yeah. man. And don't and, and that's that's my issue. Like, he like he passed away and people started appreciating him more and then circles came out and yeah. circles to me is that that's in my I also have like a, a top five albums of all time and that's in my top five just because it's again it's like he has the shit where if you just want to get ratchet a little bit and you want to turn up you want to do drugs you want to drink you want to go to the club like he's on there but also like if you want to feel some shit yeah you got Mac Miller for that like circles and swimming for sure and then. For Drake, just he puts out hits. He puts out hits like nobody's business. Like if you want a hit song, you get Drake on there. Like there was there was Lemon, you know that song Lemon with Rihanna, and, and they did a Drake remix, and that shit was fire instantly. It was already a good song, but you put Drake on there, it's fire. Drake has been consistently putting out good music for a long time, and then number five is J Cole. Like J Cole, I just like lyrically, he is so talented. His Somebody record video. this and send me the video immediately. Oh, I know. So I, I, I always roast J. Cole to you. And then after that, like, he, he's less known, but my dude, D-Smoke. D-Smoke is flames. Okay. He is so good. He was on Rhythm and Flow. He right. ended up on that. Yeah, dude, he is Luke, let me ask you a question. Incredible. So D-Smoke, and this is, this is another discussion that Trills and I have had. This year – for the Grammy Rap Album of the Year. This year, for the first time, it feels like the Grammys woke the fuck up and they got it right, right? Mm. D-Smoke's nominated. Nas is nominated. Jay Electronica's nominated. Alfredo Freddie Gibbs is nominated. 
Does D Smoke walk away with with the Grammy this year based on all because this is look and and I've also been on board and on record saying this and I don't care about saying it again. 2020 for no matter what you think about it because it was a horrible year was one of the most electric years in hip hop history oh, 1000% ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. And I have no problem saying that, but we're talking about consistent release after release after release and every week, you know, it took the world to end to get two J Electronica albums <laughs> in the same year. It, that's literally what it took. And when yeah. you get those albums on top of every Griselda release, uh-huh. Nas's album, you know, all these Hit Boy runs, Big Sean's album, you are are looking at one of the years that nobody is going to remember other than that's the year that we were all stuck inside because of corona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. does D Smoke walk away with it this year? It's it's hard for me to say that, but I mean, you you seem to to really like it. I think he should. I I think there's a certain amount. Uh, first of all, the Grammys are a little tarnished to me because there of course they are. Macklemore beat Kendrick Lamar, Drake, oh my god, Kanye West. The weekend was not nominated this year. There's a whole lot of shit that goes into that, but like. For me, I think there is a certain amount of the Grammys that like to pay attention to the crowd noise. And I think that giving album of the year to somebody like D Smoke could really light that up. And also, I mean, just like if you really listen to the dude's talent and you you pay attention to the dude's story, it's incredible, dude. Like, I mean, like the yeah. way that he just one of the things for me, I mean, he the way that he mixes like Spanish and English lyrics yeah. and with his songs and the flow isn't affected at all. Like he can he can rhyme Spanish and English within two bars. Yeah. And it still sounds incredible. Yeah. Is fantastic. And I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard uh, when the kids pull up was one of his final songs on rhythm yeah. and flow. Yeah. That's one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. No joke. It's a great song. I ripped that shit off YouTube and downloaded it onto my phone because it's that good. Like, uh, to me, like, he is the the perfect mix of exciting new artists, really talented both lyrically and production wise, and he is something that people haven't seen before that much. Mm-hmm. That I think he could win that, just because it is it's such a different vibe than what we're used to. I love Nas. Nas is in uh, you know. Some of my top rappers of all time. I yeah. fucking love Nas. But like Nas has put out albums before. Jay Electronic has put out albums before. D Smoke is new onto the scene and he is coming out there not like a new person. He doesn't sound like a new kid on the block. Yeah. Is really, it's really impressive. So I think he could come away with it. Mm. Okay. You talk to me. Give me five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna give you six. I'm going to give you three modern rappers that I love and three old school rappers that were before my time that I had to dig through history and I loved. So I'm going to start with my modern ones because the ones I want to discuss with you guys are the old school ones uh, that you guys were more around for because I want to get your perspectives on them too. So my favorite rapper of all time is J. Cole. I'm what the kids call a J. Cole stan. Um, ironically, I didn't, I didn't like him at first. When I first heard J. Cole, I didn't like him. I was and I was listening to Kendrick at that time and I loved Kendrick. I still love Kendrick. Yeah. But then I listened to the warm up and I will put the warm up J. Cole's mixtape against any other mixtape, any other album, any other EP. It's perfect from start to finish. Like that mixtape 
has such a sentimental spot in my heart. And J. Cole, he just does my favorite thing, in my opinion, better than anyone, which is tell a story. So J. Cole is my number one for that reason. I pound the table for this guy because he does not get the love he deserves. And that's Joey Badass. Joey Badass is easily, easily one of the best rappers in the game. He was born too late because if this guy, his era was the 90s, I think. If he was around back then, he would be way bigger than he is now. And he's good. Like he gets, he gets a lot of pub, like he gets his due, but I love me some Joey Badass. I think he's one of the most criminally underrated rappers uh, in the game right now. And then I already mentioned him. It's an easy answer is Kendrick. I mean, I don't know how anyone can listen to hip hop nowadays and not love what Kendrick Lamar is doing. I'm still holding out hope for that Kendrick J. Cole collab album that we've been waiting on for like a decade. It's going to come at some point if I believe We're going to need another pandemic. Uh, Another pandemic pops up and then they're just going to be like, all right, the album's ready. Oh, really? Was Bro, it? if when when gyms were open, if I ever needed to PR on something, I would listen to that Black Friday song where they went over each other's instrumentals. Woo! That song never gets old. And I will admit, you know, like Ken- Kendrick killed, like Kendrick killed Cole's beat, like maybe more than Cole did. And I love that song. I I do. Love and I was just Tale of say Two that. Cities. That's my favorite song on Forest Hill Drives. And look, my bias led me to believing that about Kendrick. But now that you said it, I feel way better about the take now. Dude, Taylor Two it. Cities is like top five J. Cole songs for me. But what Kendrick did on it was just otherworldly. Otherworldly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, old school guys. So this is what I want to talk about with you guys. So Biggie's probably my favorite old school. I think Ready to Die is the greatest hip hop album ever, in my opinion. No misses. No misses to me. And again, like, you know, Jace, we were talking about before the show, like 36 Chambers, albums like that, like Illmatic. Like it's if anyone puts those as the greatest rap album of all time, no complaints at all. Yeah, None. Personally, yeah. but like I, I think it's ready to die. These are the two that I want to talk to you guys about because they're not rappers, they're groups. I grew up like doing my history and I fell in love with a tribe called Quest. And I fell in love with Naughty by Nature. Both of those, especially Naughty by Nature. Like, I feel like A Tribe Called Quest gets a little more love. Naughty by Nature, I don't know many people that are just casual rap fans that listen to them. Yes, sir. We are both from Jersey. This man knows Tretch. Stop it. Has interacted with him, done songs with him, knows him. Naughty by Nature is something that... So we have something around here on our podcast about Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Jersey never gets the flowers because it's right next to New York. And New York gets all the credit, right? So when certain rhythms come out, that's Jersey Club. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that shit. We've yeah. been doing it, right? Naughty by Nature, Eminem, who is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, has been on record saying that his favorite rapper... Is Tretch Yoke dealing the with Joker. the outsiders all from Newark? Yeah. Naughty by Nature never gets the flowers that they deserve. Trills, I'll, I'll let you take it from here. I'm glad that you brought that up. Trills, go for it, bro. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't say it without sounding biased, but the thing, but it's all there, right? It's been cemented. Um, like, like you said, Eminem has said it a million times. 
Nas has been on record saying it. Um, you, uh, a lot of the flow flipping came directly from Tretch's flow. Mm-hmm. Directly. Um, before that, people were modeling their more technical rap after Rakim and Big Daddy came. Mm-hmm. Tretch took it to a whole different ahead point. of his time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, like what what Tretch could do on Yoke the Joker, like that song, like it it just it. Look at the, it, you're right up Trill's alley right now, boy. Like that's it, man. That's I, the point you have to ask for your ass back. It's it's, just, it's st- like stop it. Like I'll dude, yeah. I've listened to that song so many times. Like most songs, I can like yeah, I'm gonna listen enough and I'll learn the lyrics and I can rap along in the car. That one I just have to listen. It's like I'm not doing this justice. Like mm-hmm. I can say all the same words as Tretch along to the beat. Yeah. It's not the same. That's yeah. a song where you just have to listen to him do it and yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. Um, and and outside of, I mean, I've literally seen Tretch come into a studio and we're playing a beat and he doesn't even think about it. He is right in the booth. The 16 is done and a minute flat. Uh, and we're all like, what the fuck? <laughs> what what are we supposed to do now? See, um, and that that lends to the God given thing, right? Yeah. Rap is God given. Mm-hmm. Like you either have it sometimes, like you can hone your skills as best as you can, and you know what? There's people that maybe don't have that God given that can, you know, because of sheer work. But there's guys that are just put on this earth to rap. Yeah, the dudes, that, the, the dudes that they work to rap too hard are the dudes like. No Bay Area hate, but I fucking hate this dude. Like, g Easy, Like, where it's just like, dude, you can't actually rap, but you just, like, you spent too much time trying to learn bars. And so you think you can rap. He's fine. That's- he's fine. Yeah. But I get what I get. So he's fine. What I get, what I what I understand what you're saying is, is I can tell effortless from effort. Yes. Uh, he's and- he's <laughs> working for every verse he puts right. in. Right. Whereas just some dudes, it's just like this flows naturally. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, you're, you're spot on with that. Naughty's a good pick, man. I mean, aside from how nasty Tretch is with words mm-hmm. and flow and technical ability, um, a lot of what we know as uh, hip hop fashion wouldn't be here without what they did. The Tim's uh, thing. Talk about it. The Timberlands, the hoodies. I mean, before that, New York rappers wore suits still. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the impact is tremendous. That it, It's great to see that somebody else recognizes See, that. But see how they notice things like that and just other people don't from the outside? Now, let me take the other half of his question because I'm with it. Or the other half of his, his pick. Tribe Called Quest is the greatest rap group in the history of everything and Mm -hmm. i you know look i've been vocal your favorite rapper is not here without tribe called quest there's no kanye west and then kanye west begets j cole and then they all like end up passing see this is what people don't understand everybody's influenced by somebody nobody's out here just doing something that they've never done before you may be doing Mm -hmm. it in a way that nobody's ever seen before but you definitely have the influence from somewhere so that's what gets me tight about the whole, oh, he sounds like this guy. Well, he's influenced by him. You know, there's, yeah. there's a difference between biting and being influenced. And 
That's what I'm talking about with Tribe Called Quest. Bonita Apple Bum, you know, LL Cool J sets the pathway for you to be able to make vulnerable rap music. But then Bonita Apple Bum allows you to do it in a way that it's poetic and in any way doesn't feel simpish. It just feels mm-hmm. like it feels like it's it's a breath of fresh air because it comes from a perspective of enlightenment. It feels like like and, yeah. and, and, the, and the vibe and everything. Right. Yeah. But everything leads into the next thing. I'm on board saying that Tribe Called Quest is the greatest rap group of all time. You can argue whoever you want, and that's fine. I'll take Wu-Tang Clan. I'll take Mob Deep. I'll take Outkast. I'll take, you know, any other groups that you can throw out there. And if you want to say that, that's fine. In my personal opinion, it's Tribe Called Quest because yeah. of the impact that they've had and the way that I can still consume their music in 2020. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, much. I mean, you look at, like, I don't know. Did you guys watch that documentary, The Defiant Ones, on HBO? Yeah. They're talking about, like... Uh, so it's it, it's essentially right. the entire history of hip hop. Oh, know? okay, and, and it has. Yeah. And it, all right, I know what you're talking about. Now. And 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 it's all these cats from back in the day talking about they're they're influenced by like DJ Cool Herc back in the 70s. Yeah, and like like you said, Jason, like nobody comes up with shit originally. No, you know, and and, and that is what I like. I think sometimes gets lost in the hip hop discourse is that it's like. No, these people came from the same place. They just represented a different way. They're influenced yeah. by the same people. They just put their own spin on it. And yep. some people, sure, they put their spin on it better or they put that their spin on it worse. But it's like it all originated fairly recently. And oh, you can travel those roots. And, you know, it's like it doesn't need to always be this like, you know, I mean, I, I know I like joke with you about this. I joke about J. Cole and whatever, but it's like it doesn't need to be a J. Cole fucking sucks. Kendrick is great or Kendrick fucking sucks. No, J. Cole's and that's great. the problem. It can't yeah, just exactly. be one or the other. Right. And that's always been my thing about like, you know, as a guy who's come from straight up boom bat right to start. I love everything in between. I love the nerd rap. I love, I love, uh, I love straight up gutter shit. And I love the ignorant shit. Like, you know, like I, it's, it's. This is when when you start to love the art form for what mm. it is, then you have to love everything in between, right? Like yeah. I can listen to future just as easily as I can listen to fucking common, you know, like easily. Mm. Like it's just that's yeah. just the way I am. Like one of the I rappers the I really enjoy is like I don't know if you guys have heard like Kyle, like the epitome of nerd rap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'll listen to him and I can listen to NWA the same, you know, in the same night, like. They're both influenced ultimately if you go back to it by the same thing. Like people are good at it or they're bad at it, regardless of the path that they take. And that's the difficult thing is people just would rather go like again, Hugh and I have talked about this with sports a lot in our podcast. This weird stand culture <laughs> where you're insistent on saying so and so fucking sucks and so and so's dope. That's yeah. not the reality of the situation. They're different styles. You can have you can nuance. Pre- yeah, yeah. You can have a nuanced thought. You can say, yeah. I don't prefer this style. I prefer J. Cole's style with the more lyrical storytelling over Drake, where he hits, you know, he just puts out hits. Right. But it doesn't have to be one over the other over and over again. Well, and you're yeah. allowed to have an eclectic taste in music. Like, you know, uh, like I said, like I'm much more into the storytelling type of rap. But yeah, sometimes I want to throw on Nice for What by Drake. And I just yeah. like, yeah. If, know, I'm, if I'm drinking with the homies, I want to put on Drake. If I'm sitting there staring at the ceiling, I want to put on uh, Tale of Two Cities by J. Cole. Vibes. Like, oh, exactly. It's all about the vibes. That's what hip hop is about. That's what hip hop is about. It's always been about the vibes of the people listening to it and the people creating right. it. And, I and wanna, people don't have the ability to separate that. 
I want to chime in real quick to respond to uh, uh, Trill and Jay about my uh, my tribe called Quest Nine by Nature. So, uh, Jay, you were saying it's cool that like you know, you know, I'm mid twenties and I live in the Bay Area and I love Naughty by Nature. I've I think it's funny how I discovered them. I was watching an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And there's an episode where Will is like, he's like washing a van or something. I don't remember. Or it's like, a no, it's his new car. And he's blasting OPP. And like, yeah. all, I hear the beat and I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, this is cool. Like this goes, what is this? So I like Google the episode. I like Google as like in depth as I can. Like, what's the song in this episode of Fresh Prince? And they're like, OPP. I'm like, okay. And so that's the first song I fell in love with. And then it went from there. So that's how I discovered them. And then with Tribe Called Quest, I'm with you too. Like I would put them up against anyone. Like when they, one of my favorite songs by them is I left my wallet in El Segundo. And it's literally just a song about exactly that. He left his wallet in El Segundo and it's perfect. Like when they can make a song, that's just a story. That's like, not even like a super exciting story, but they make it so like interactive and they paint the picture so well. Like, I mean, if I, I've made it super clear, like storytelling and hip hop is why I love it. So when they're able to do something like that, it just, it blows my mind. And that's why I love old school rap so much. I feel like that's when it was at its peak. And then guys like J Cole and Joey badass are just like, you know, uh, refreshing, uh, rappers in a pool of not so much that kind anymore. Yeah. That's the best thing, Hugh, right? Is that there's storytelling on every level, right? Like Devin the dude can do storytelling in yeah. a funny ass way, and it's still storytelling, right? Like, and mm-hmm. I think that's what you love about Biggie so much, um, Luke. Mm-hmm. The storytelling, whether it's subject material about what's going on in the streets or maybe him getting killed, is one thing. He can also make you I got a story to tell and tell you about how he has sex with Anthony Mason's lady or whatever, <laughs> you know, like and that that's something that can like happen because and it's funny that this man thinks that he can put that on record while having sex with a New York Knicks uh, yeah. wife, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, yeah. I, I, I get that completely. And I'm glad that you said the storytelling part, because I think that's the perfect segue into the big debate while we're here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about Jesus and the Black Messiah. Nas and Jay-Z have two records on there, right? And the both of them are great. Nas and Hit Boy continue their their run of just, you know, Hit Boy again this year. Everybody's going to give praise to Big Sean and, and Nas and all these guys and, and Benny, right? Yep. When when are you going to start talking about Hit Boy producing all of these yeah. albums the same way, right? And and nobody's going to talk about that. Nobody's going to talk about that because it's the front man. It's the front man right. argument, right? You so know, like, it's just again, like with classic rock, yeah. low key, like classic rock. Nobody talks about the bassist, even though he lays down the lines yeah. for the whole song. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Yeah, producers unfortunately are not cared about as much as the front man. Yeah. Whereas, like, don't get me wrong, I understand it because you don't go to concerts to see the producers. You go to concerts to see the dude who's, you know, laying down bars. Right. But at the same time, it's just like these dudes are behind so many of the hits that we love and we just, and, they're and irrelevant year, a lot of time in the popular ride. This year for Hit Boy, I'll put it up against anybody's best year. Right, because it the proof is in the pudding. Right, you, you this isn't just one or two big records. You're producing whole albums for Benny, for for Big Sean, and for Nas, and you did it in a way that Kanye tried to do it, but you did it better because the oh. albums are better. 
You mm-hmm. tried to do it that way, right? That's what you wanted to do. And if and again, it all stems from the verses with Boy, with Boy Wonder. I feel like Hit Boy was sitting there like, "Yo, y'all, y'all forgot that I made N words in Paris. Y'all forgot that I made Sickle Mode. Like you, yeah. you guys are sitting here talking about these other dudes. And this year, he turned up on everybody, and nobody wants to talk about that. But yeah, I well, digress. Is, I honest to God, if you ask, like, and, and, and I don't mean this is a gatekeeping thing. I mean this is a legitimate thing. You ask most people who Hit Boy is, they don't know. Yeah, that's sad. They're, that's not, bad. they're not credited enough. They're not credited enough. That's I think the problem. That's bad. Yeah, so, you again. You say, you play Sickle Mode, and people go, "Oh fuck yeah, it's Sickle Mode." Yeah, you play like you said. You play N words in Paris. People know that song. Yeah, because they know Kanye, they know Jay Z, they, they didn't know, know Hit Boy made it. Drake, they don't Hit Boy though. That's so, the problem. So Nas and Hit Boy continue their their run. EPMD is an incredible record. Oh, yeah. Jay Z has a Nipsey record on there, which man, look, I'm I'm biased on the other side. That's shit that, different. That it's shit different. Hit. That different. That song is different, man. When you when you couple it with the way that that movie was delivered, mm-hmm. and then Nipsey, who is you know has been elevated because of his untimely demise, and you and yeah. you put it together like that, that record feels different. And yeah. also, Jay Z delivers one of the best raps that I've probably ever Art. heard him. You know, Art. like and 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 immediately, Scorpion Bricks way before Aubrey's Double Dicks, Forty on my lap, clap like Forty did the mix. That's stupid <laughs> and that's simple and that's simple. See, this is the thing about Jay Z, right? And 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 it kind of ties into what we see in sports. Why is LeBron James still so good? Why did Tom Brady just win the Super Bowl? Why is Jay-Z delivering this rap to me in his 50s? Mm-hmm. Why? And this again, people who were put on this earth to born to rap or were born to rap and do this, right? So here's the debate. Hugh, you've talked about storytelling, right? Luke, mm-hmm. I'm not certain where you stand exactly on this, you know, because we had our discussion in the group chat about it. You know, I know where Hugh stands, right? Um, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of people that will be on Hugh's side on this. That believe this. That's the that's the that's the best. They're not going to be on this live stream, though. I know that. That's I think fine. I'm dying that's, on this hill. No, that's fine. No, you, I mean I don't know about that. You know, but when it comes comes down to it, and everybody looks at it, you're not wrong for saying I prefer Nas over Jay Z. No, right. So yeah, I will let you start, and then we will jump in where wherever it fits. But go for it, Hugh. And I, I want to start by saying too, like I make the joke all the time, and it's a joke that the best thing Jay Z ever did was sign J Cole because J Cole's my favorite rapper. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't have my favorite rapper without Jay Z. So I owe the man a lot. I I know that Jay Z has a lot of you know those storytelling tracks, those deep tracks. Like Hard Knock Life is an incredible song. But Jay-Z, for me, he's just always been that person that when I need to turn like the stereo in my car on a max, that's the Jay-Z music I listen to. So if it's 99 Problems, if it's Dirt Off Your Shoulder, if it's one of those songs, that's how I personally equate Jay-Z. Nas, for me, is more, you know, If I Ruled the World, One Mic, uh, songs like that, like those like deeper songs that, again, like we were talking earlier, help educate me as someone that, you know, is white and privileged and just grew up in San Jose in the suburbs. 
like Nas really helps educate me on African-American culture and some of the struggles and things like that. So it's kind of like what I was saying with J. Cole and Kendrick earlier, where if you're going to put Kendrick as your favorite, there's no argument there. It's a preference thing. Um, I personally just prefer Nas um, just because that's someone that I, I, I just gravitated more towards. You know, I like Jay-Z for the more hype songs that he does. And I know like the blueprint is classic and those albums have so many like of those deeper narrative songs, but the ones that I really gravitated towards, like I think one mic is one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. It it just, and part of it is because like I felt educated from it. Like he Nas just like teaches me like as someone that did not grow up in that culture, that same lifestyle and I'll end by saying that uh, in terms of like their beef, Ether absolutely annihilated Jay-Z. So Nas won the head-to-head. So I'll, okay. I'll leave it at that too. Okay. Uh, Luke, Luke, do you want to jump in um, with, uh, with thoughts? Because uh, I will say, uh, you know what? This is the one thing that I'm going to jump in on when, when you're done. I'm going to talk about Ether and TakeOver, but I'll let you go, Luke. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's so, Ether. Regardless of, uh, of the beef itself, I'm kind of going back to what Hugh said, but I'm I'm thinking about it in different ways. Again, like, okay, if we're talking bar for bar, lyricist for lyricist, flow for flow, I pick Nas, right? But Jay-Z has the hits and the longevity and the popularity. And I think that's the thing that puts him over Nas. Like, honestly, I, I know it's a cliche song, but like, Life's a Bitch, one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. Fuck All right, let me ask you a question. I, let me ask you a question, Luke. Because you brought up Life's a Bitch. What verse do you remember from there? I mean, on the top of my head, like, I can't rap it because... But realism is a life of actuality. Fuck who's the baddest. The person's status depends. So that's an AZ record for me. I love Nas. I love Nas. But the... So gave Nas the business on that. Yeah. A little bit on that one. That's right. You know, because he's the first one that comes on and, you know, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut oh, you off. No, that's no. facts. And that's a valid point. That's a valid point. So maybe Life's a Bitch is a bad example, but Illmatic no, but it's to a me. great song. Yeah, still Illmatic, one of the greatest rap albums of all time. But if you're yeah. talking about longevity for me, Jay-Z, and Jay and I were talking about this the other day, Jay-Z has the beat choice on a trillion. And he has the ability to pick hits like Nas doesn't and and that's not necessarily a fault of Nas because that maybe that's not what Nas is going for you know but like Jay-Z has been putting out hits since far before I was born to right now and and that I think is the biggest difference is Jay-Z can put out a song with Alicia Keys and have everybody in Times Square whether the tourists or, or locals singing that fucking song yeah and so Jay-Z still has the hits Nas to me potentially Maybe more talented in terms of simple flow, but Jay-Z has both the hits and like you said, like Jay-Z has built himself into a mogul and and, and an overarching mogul where he owns a basketball team. He owns the liquor companies. He, he signs the rappers, everything like that. It's a big name business. Yeah. And so I like, if we're just turned into like, I want to listen to like pure hip hop right now. I'll put on some from Illmatic. But Jay-Z has been long-lasting. Jay-Z has the star power that Nas 
for whatever reason, did not build past like really the 1990s, early 2000s. And so, like, well, I think that Nas may be lyrically more talented. Jay-Z, I think, and and I know we were talking about this in the group chat, and I initially put Nas over Jay-Z, but then I was thinking about it more and more, and it's like, Jay is still putting out shit that's a bop. Oh, yeah. And when you're thinking about that, I mean, ultimately, like, it, it depends on what you want. That's the thing is, like, right. like we were talking about earlier, that nuance of, like, yeah. what do I want right now? Do so I want what's the criteria? What are we saying? Like, what is this? So how do we how do we equate goats? Do we equate them yeah. straight up discography? Is, I don't necessarily think there needs to be a goat, right? Like, I know that's a boring, uh, a boring way to put it, but I don't mm-hmm. think there necessarily needs to be a giant Nas over Jay Z argument because it depends on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Do you want to listen to some shit that you can still do that Jay Z gift to and fucking bump your head to in 2021? Because if so, you're gonna pick Jay Z, right? But like, if you want to listen to some some of that real New York shit, some of that real deep hip hop shit, back in in the fucking you know, in the eighties nineties, then like, I potentially pick Nas. But like, I know it's a boring way to state that, but Jay Z no, for me in the long term, probably if you look at it, if a hundred years from now people look at the best and most influential rappers of all time, I think Jay Z picks that argument just because he has built the future of hip hop. And yep. he is also still putting out beasts to this day. It's a good, it's a good discussion because it's true, and that and that's always been my discussion about again favorite and best, and what's the criteria? What are we, what are we judging these people on, right? Because mm-hmm. I can make an argument either way for both of these guys, depending on what the criteria is. Yeah, Trills, talk to me a little bit about what you've heard so far. Um, you know, I look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna already jump out on a limb and say that I'm on the Jay Z side of this. I'm just waiting. I'm, you know, but yeah, <laughs> Trills, you you let me know where you're at here. But obviously, um, I'm on the whole side of this, too. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, I want to touch on the idea of there being a goat. I don't think that there has to be one. I don't, like, subscribe to that. I don't think there's one, just one, just one sole greatest athlete of all time or in any sport, for that matter. I, I can't say... It's like just Serena Williams and and just push uh, Arthur Ashe out or anyone. Else. I, I just can't do that. I can't bring myself to do that because it discredits everybody before and it doesn't give anyone any chance after. And that's just insane to me. Um, I think Hove and Nas are both goats in their own right mm-hmm. at what they do. Um. Because there are guys that are in the Nas realm of rap, but they can't do it like Nas can. Yeah. And there are guys in Jay's realm, but they just can't do it like he can. And the only person that could have potentially done it like him was Biggie. And he passed away. Exactly. He didn't get get a 13-album run. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. That's, That's the nuance, too, about Biggie and Jay, right? Is, you know, yes, Biggie has three discs of undenied heat like literally play them straight and just go through it but who knows what happens after those albums are you are you confident to say that he would continue that level because we've never seen anybody continue at that level so look at kanye west look at kanye west who was largely considered one of the greatest rappers of all time and then he's put out consistently mid to whack shit that's the thing for the last like half decade so it's like that's 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 part of my argument for jay 
right? Yeah. The same thing that I'm talking about with people that possibly could have, uh, eventually this guy Jay never did. And 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 that's I mean, I'll let trolls keep going and I'll get into mine, but but it's more that than anything, is that there's less lulls in Jay's run yes. than there is Nas. But go ahead, mm-hmm. Troy. I think both Jay and Nas have 13 studio albums each. Nas, and that's not including collabs. We're not talking R. Kelly albums, no, and we're not no. talking Damian Marley albums, or, you know, like, none, none of those. Of, none of that. Uh, not the quarters either, none of that shit. Just straight up Jay-Z and Nas. Yep. Um, 13 each. Uh, Nas takes way more L's in that 13 album run. Um, and that's just Nas being Nas. I believe Nas never wanted to be the greatest rapper alive. I don't think Nas ever wanted to be the most successful artist Mm -hmm. alive. I think Nas speaks to the people he wants to speak to, Mm -hmm. and he sticks to that gun. Yeah, Um, Jay-Z's a mo. Nas is just, he raps. Absolutely, See, but there, but you can also attribute that attribute to Nas as a positive, yeah, right? Sure. Never changing, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and never like, and so that's the thing. That's not a negative. That just no. depends on how you view that. Yes, I mean Nas has heard all the whispers since '94. Nas has heard uh, he's got to pick better beats. Nas has heard that he needs to learn how to write better hooks if he writes a hook at all. There's a plethora of Nas songs without choruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, anyone that studies music knows you need a catchy chorus if you want to win, right? Yeah. Nas doesn't break. He doesn't fold for that. Yeah. So for those reasons, um, I think, you know, Hove pulls ahead of Nas probably because Nas was just content with who Look, Nas is, if you believe in any of the astrology shit, Nas is the Virgo like I am. I know how we are. Uh, We don't really want to talk to people that much. We don't want to be on the scene that much. Uh, Our art is our art. We don't want to compromise it. So I know why Nas music pans out the way it does. Sure. And that's not, and and again, that's not, it depends on how you look at it. You can look at it and say artistic integrity and say that's a plus, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You can also look at it and say that's a negative, right? And, yeah. and you know, before I get into my thing, I just wanted to touch on like, TakeOver and Ether. I just want to make sure that I'm on record saying that TakeOver is the better record. Ether is the perfect response. Yeah. Now, we put those records differently. Like, if we get Ether first... And then we get takeover after where, you know, where Jay is in his bag with just blaze. That's a record that can be played. That is just happens to be a disc record, right? It just happens to be a disc record, but it's still a hard record. That and at the end, is immaculate. Exactly. And at the end, and as for Nas, you and for the rest of y'all, y'all only get half a bar. Fuck y'all. Like the unit, like that was more, him destroying Prodigy, who Jay-Z has been on record as saying at one point was the best rapper alive during his time. And yeah. that's a fact. That's also a fact. That's yeah. that's So that's another thing. With Nas, Nas falls victim to too many cooks in the kitchen in Queens. Right? Mm. Oh, now, yeah. look, 
I am not here to dispute that Prodigy is better than Nas, but there is a period where Prodigy is better than Nas. Oh, and this is a time where Nas is along for the ride during the infamous time, right? So with Nas, he tends to fall into the background a little bit because there was all that on Prodigy, right? Jay's the old man to the show. Jay pulls up on priority with with reasonable doubt and, you know, all their own money and all that, but he's older. Remember, right, 26. Here's what I'll always give Nas. What? How old was he when he made Omatic? Like 19 or something, right? When he was like 17. I don't care who helped that man, whether you want to say it's MC Search and, you know, Q-Tip was there for, for a lot of that. And it, I never would have been able to make what people consider to no. be the greatest hip-hop album of all time. As no, way. no, no way. way. Not a chance. Okay? So I, I also want to start there. My favorite Nas album is It Was Written. Mm-hmm. Now, you see how that works? Illmatic, yep. mm-hmm. for me... I know its place in this culture. I understand its significance. And I get why it's exactly a top three album, if not top one. It was written for me is fully fleshed Nas doing things that he never could do in a 10 song project, to be fair. Also, that's the other thing about Illmatic that people, you know, you can't fully flesh out all those ideas, especially when you're 17, right? Mm -hmm. Over a 10. It was written for me. Nas's Nas's best record is on It Was Written, and it's I Gave You Power. Mm. I have never run a record back so many Mm. times until I understood the connection of Nas, that entire record, telling you about how he's a gun. Yeah. And explaining explaining it in a way that it's not force-feeding it to you, it's telling you how guns are viewed over different societies, over different, you know, neighborhoods. And at the end... How the gun feels like, you know, I'm just, I'm used, you know, I'm, Mm -hmm. again, guns don't kill people, stupid motherfuckers with guns kill people. And that's, that's, you know, and that's, so again, it all ties into favorite and best. Favorite, it was written. So many amazing songs on there. Yeah. I understand Illmatic is the better record. Yeah. Again, on Jay's side. I feel like it's so difficult for people to break that down. It is. It is. So so interested in what I like best. Whereas like I can say like I like listening to Drake more than I like listening to Jay or J. Cole often. I understand that J. Cole is a better rapper. People people have the inability to do that, which is where yeah. all of this fucking like there's a difference between discussion and unproductive discussion. Correct. <laughs> And that's the, that's the fucking annoying thing about hip-hop a lot of the time. And it goes yeah. into hip-hop, it goes into sports, it goes into whatever, where you can go, it was written is my favorite, but Illmatic may be better, you know, in terms of long-term, like, yeah. you know, longevity and everything like that. And it, people have no fucking ability to, to break yeah. down those two things. Look, yeah. look, my favorite Jay-Z album is Reasonable Doubt. Because in 2021, I can still listen to it and find things that I never heard when I was listening yeah. to it back then. But Jay-Z's best album is The Blueprint because yeah. he was so on point. Every single song, bringing in Kanye West and Just Blaze and having those guys, like that Blueprint album is perfect, right? And then you toss in the Eminem record and it's just, but Reasonable Doubt is my favorite. So where am I going with all this, right? 
I think what it boils down to, what tips me over to Jay-Z over Nas is this point. And I think that Trills has already made it, and I think we've already made it. There's a big lull in Nas's time. Sure. Yeah. And and look, we lived here, right? And I remember my brother who introduced me to Illmatic. We got I Am. We went to the store. I cut school. Went to the store to buy I Am. Go unwrap that shit and listen to it with my brother. And I remember my brother turning that shit off and looking at me and being like, I'm not feeling that shit that much. And But again, does that mean that he fell under the pressure of Illmatic and it was written back to back? Because how the fuck do you follow that up? Right? It, mm-hmm. I Am has some absolute gems on it. I love But that. I Am has a lot of stuff on it where you're just like, woof, right? Mm-hmm. Nostradamus comes next. Oh. That's when my brother really starts to go off the deep end where like, oh my God, he fell off. It's over. Like, I can't, like, and, and look, my brother never liked Jay-Z, ever. My brother will tell you to your face that Biggie, Jay-Z, and Tupac are whack. He will say that to your face. He will say that to your face with a straight-ass face. So, while I am citing my brother as my reference point, trust me, I branched out and did my own work, and I got reasonable doubt on my own. I got all these other guys on my own. So, um... Nostradamus comes out, that's his weakest record. Easily. I, I'm sorry, man. When you come out with that, that nasty nas to esco to esco. Look, we were here. Like, I'm old enough to remember <laughs> us looking at the video and being like, oh no. Oh yes. no, Nas. Please really don't do that. Like a tragedy. To be fair, we did this with Jay with the Sunshine record. The, the <laughs> record itself isn't bad. When you look at the video, you were like, Jay, what happened, dude? What happened here? So yeah. we've had these same thoughts with Jay yeah. and Nas. It's just you never thought you would have seen it with Nas because yeah. that was so out of his character at that yeah. point. When he came out with the, with the heat right off the bat like that, like that level, it's surprising to see something mid. And I think yeah. also yeah. that's a difference between my generation and your generation necessarily – I mean, Trills, I don't know how you are. Like, you know, I'm only, I just turned 25. So it's like, you know, I wasn't watching, you know, I watched MTV and shit, but near the end. Right. But, you know, like that wasn't the main form of consumption. Right. And so it was mainly just like, let's, I'm, I used fucking Rhapsody and, and LimeWire download shit yeah. back in the day. But it was just yeah. like, we're walking around just listening to shit. You know, it wasn't like we're sitting around waiting for the MTV video to drop. Right. And everything. And that that's probably a big difference, too, It's just like for 90s kids like me and Hugh, it's just like we're listening. You know, we're on the go. We're listening to shit. You know, we got our Walkmans and eventually our fucking Zooms or iPods and iPhones and whatever, <laughs> where it's just like it's different. Whereas it's not the same as when you're just like you're sitting there with your family or your friends like I need to wait for this shit to drop. Yeah. And then it's a different level of expectation. Right. And so let's Let's take it a little bit further, right? Okay, so we get to that low part, right? And then the beef pops with Jay and Nas, right? In the, in in that area where QB's finest comes out, Uchi Wally's a slap. Don't let anybody play you out here and tell you that Uchi Wally isn't a dope record, even if that was outside of what Nas was usually rapping about. I don't give a shit. That's yeah. still one of the best rap uh, beats of all time, and I still get tempted to freestyle every single time I hear the yeah. the instrumental come on. But, but okay. horse, horse takes that song. Yo, mm. stop playing with horse, man. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's see this is the part that i love about like the discussions is we bring up the little stuff like when we talked about rick ross earlier we went back to rick ross's first record that we heard him on which was a trina record back in the day and it's so funny how like those aren't the same right so horse is somebody that gets forgotten on this qb finest album right like because he was Nas's bodyguard right like everybody was just like yeah and, and jay even plays to that you know later on in the beef but we get to the Nas and Jay beef, and I think that this is my point with it. People were invigorated by Nas because he was invigorated with the beef, right? And I think that Stillmatic has a stigma around it because of that, and that album still doesn't feel like a classic to me because it came around, came out around the same time as Blueprint did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand Ether, and I get it. And there's look, one mic's on there, rewinds on there. There's records on there that are incredible. But yeah. as far as I feel like he surpassed Stillmatic with some of his later releases. Life is good. This right. latest release, King's Disease, I feel like those are better I, records I, I, than if anything, that strengthens your case more than anything with Nas, because mm-hmm. I feel like at this point now he is he is putting out he's on a roll right now. Let's take out that Kanye album. Let's yeah. take out that Kanye album because that doesn't count. That yeah. was definitely just like he got like pushed into doing something that he didn't want to do because Kanye was manic at the time and was telling mm-hmm. people, I'm putting out this album, this album, this album. And he was yeah, under he the swept up that. That. Yes, he got swept in that for sure. That's not Nas's album. I'm going to take that one out. But life is good from there all the way through right now. Nas is on a run right now that he's never been on as far as his albums go. I think he's untitled to now. He is- okay, so there you go. The 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 end the end album that you remember that like so from there you could even take it and take out the Damian Marley album, which I'm not big on. I get that album, I get it, but I'm not big on it. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, but from there all the way to now, Nas is seeing sustained cons- consistency that he never saw, even when he put out Illmatic. So if anything, I might be strengthening your case, Hugh. Do you want to comment? You on are. That? I mean, I, I only got a few things. Um, again, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. No, there um, isn't. I, I think yeah. they kind of, Jay-Z and Nas kind of like, there is no one without the other. Like, their names are going to be synonymous forever. Um, one point I will make is there was a lull for Nas, but because he wasn't a mogul, when there was a lull in his music, it seemed like his entire brand was a lull. There was a lull for Jay Z, in my yes. opinion, and I don't know if I'm yes. going to be chastised for this. No, you're like, not. No, no. I, don't, come, I don't. We don't acknowledge I don't think Kingdom Come. That, yeah, like Kingdom Come. I like I, personally. I I don't know a song off American Gangster that I oh, like. All right, so all right, that one. Yeah, all right, so that one is the one that. All right, so look, as the biggest devout Jay Z fan, right? Black album comes out. I want him to go out on top. That's Jordan. That's my favorite Jay-Z album. That's Jordan against the jazz shit right there. That's you just Mm -hmm. like hitting the jumper and you can walk away. Kingdom Come after that was horrible, right? So, yeah. So American Gangster comes on the heels of this movie and it kind of comes out of nowhere for us over here on this side. Especially like, you know, there's nothing you can do at this point that Jay like is going to be able to keep on the wraps. American Gangster is one of his slept on albums because of that energy he mm. tapped into with that movie. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Man, that album is great. Hugh, I, I implore you to go back and listen to that album again. I'll, I'll give it another albums. listen. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it another listen. 
there's other yeah. albums that I can give you. That American Gangster album felt more like it's so easy for Jay to jump right back into that gangster pocket, like that gangster like fly shit pocket from Reasonable mm-hmm. Doubt. That's what he did with American. Like when he saw American yeah. Gangster, that shit pulled Reasonable Doubt out of him, and he was like, yeah. "Bet." He was like, "Give me some fly shit, and we're, we're we're running with it." And and that's what I'll attribute that to. He's back to 1996 and, easily. And, uh, that's one of that's one of Jay's slept on albums. I feel yeah. like. But so like when I've and, and I wasn't I wasn't there like when they like when you know reasonable doubt came out and whatnot. But like I go back and listen to those and I hear that maybe I need to give American Gangster another chance. But my point was more so like they're both Nas and Jay Z had lulls, but because Jay Z is Jay Z and his brand is so much more than music, like Luke mentioned, mm-hmm. he's a mogul. It never felt like he fell off because even when his music was mid. He was like buying the nets, or he was, you know, Married doing stuff with Beyonce. Yeah, married well, to Beyonce. No, wait, and Beyonce wait, wait, wait. was I- Beyonce was at her peak when Jay Z was kind of lulling, but they were married like that. That but that matters. Like Nas nobody, wasn't doing anything when he had his lull, so his lull is just his lull. Nobody wants to to also acknowledge that Watch the Throne is a Kanye album with Jay Z along one thousand percent. Kanye's the focus yeah. of that shit. Yeah, he, he he's been the focus of that shit. That's always strange to me. It's like when I think of Watch the Throne, I think of Kanye. I don't think of you have Jay. to. Yeah. Kanye, because also that was, again, kind of when Kanye was really peaking and yeah. Jay Z yeah. was mid. Aesthetically, all of everything surrounding Watch the Throne is Kanye West. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like Kanye. It doesn't sound yeah. like Jay. Yeah. Like, again, like I love like, Otis is one of my favorite songs. From Watch the Throne, that to me does not sound like Jay. That sounds like Kanye all the way. And and, and Watch the Throne is one of my favorite albums ever, ever. Yeah. But like again, like if I was just to say, like if somebody asked me, you know, oh yeah, who does uh you know who does Otis or who does you know fucking New Day or whatever? Although New Day is a little different. But if somebody asked me that, I'd probably say you know if I had to pick one artist, I'd say like oh yeah, that's Yay. That's not that's not Jay Z. Like, yeah. Last last point I want to make too, uh, in response to Jay's uh, ether and takeover was uh, he made one of my points for me actually uh, when he was telling Luke that on life's a bitch the best verse might not come from Nas. The best line from Ether is Eminem murdered you on your own shit, which he did on Renegade. So well, so. I think that's more a tribute to Eminem. And we talked about this, right? So the original Renegade is Eminem and Royce. Mm-hmm. And Eminem and Royce get into... Royce is super they... underrated, by the way. Very, oh, very underrated. And, uh, I, don't think any, I don't think anybody's ready for my Royce is better than Eminem tape, but we need yeah. a whole other podcast to get Ooh. through that. But yeah. Ooh. I um, like it. Bad Me um, is a fire album, though, still. And, and Royce is the only person that bar for bar can stand there and you can actually say that. But again... I need my I need a whole podcast to to put that out there. But um so what you were saying about uh damn it, what the oh about Renegade. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Renegade, that's a that's an Eminem and Royce album. And this is more a testament to Eminem than anything, because I'm still not gonna argue you that Eminem wasn't better than him on there because I, I would be disingenuous and it would be re- it would be revisionist history right now for me to tell you that I didn't think that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Royce and Eminem make Renegade, and they get into whatever beef they get into, and 
Eminem has Renegade sitting there with open verses and him and Jay cross paths and that's how he gets it. So Jay-Z got a chance to sit and listen to Eminem first and then wrote those raps. Mm-hmm. Still couldn't best that. So look, I can it's be pretty objective it's when it comes to that. I mean, I like I got a lot of thoughts on Eminem. His the last decade has been whack. But like peak Eminem though also was just bars on bars on bars. No, but listen, rapper of words, rapper of words, rhymer of words, I'm not here to dispute that. But again, just like the conversation we're having right now, what's the criteria? Yeah. Are we talking about overall discography? Are we talking about guys who make music? Are we talking about impact? Are we talking about straight lyrics? That's the thing. And that's what makes all these conversations so interesting. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It can't, there's no way to quantify a goat. No way. Yeah. Because again, what you're listening for, what I'm listening for, what other people are listening for, don't always yeah. align. People, unless you're fucking Wayne Gretzky in hockey, there's really no way to say somebody. So, like, Hugh, I know you've been wanting to say this, you know, because I'm glad Luke brought it up. Hugh, I know you've been wanting to say this. Is Wayne Gretzky the fucking goat of all goats in any sort of sport? Yes, and it's not close. Okay, in basketball, there's a legitimate debate between Jordan and LeBron. In football, there's debates between Montana, Brady, Jerry Rice, whoever you want to throw in there. In every sport, there's always, like baseball, there's like five guys. There's like, you know, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds, whoever you want to throw in there. In hockey, there's no debate. And not only is there no debate, it's not even close. Wayne Gretzky not only like leads the history of the NHL in points, it's by a huge margin. He not only leads and assists, it's by a huge margin. He did it with multiple franchises. He did it in a lot less games than a lot of other guys that are below him. Like, I know hockey's not like super like beloved, like as much as the other sports, but I'm so sick of seeing Wayne Gretzky get the disrespect that he gets. Like, he's easily of the four major sports, he's easily the GOAT. Easily the GOAT of all GOATs for what he did for his sport. I'm sorry. Can I jump in and say that it's facts that Luca and Dame aren't close because Luca ain't done shit. <laughs> Euro boy out here crying to the refs nonstop. No, look, oh all right. So this is oh turning boy. to basketball, but no, this was this was a great discussion, right? So I think the the cap that I'll put on this is this. Um, Jay Z is not my favorite right now. Kendrick Lamar is. I just when I when I talk about you know I just I just laid out. The record with Nip, it's February, and I think verse of the year is kind of wrapped up. It's going to be tough for somebody to swoop in and take this verse away from him when you line it up with the album, when you line it up with the Nip impact. Like, man, I arrived on the day Fred Hampton was assassinated. Let me clear that up further. Like, see, that's that's effortless at 50-something, right? And this is Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about with Jay, man. Like, like. You shouldn't be able to make me think. You shouldn't be able to make me like sit there and be like, damn, still, bro, like at 50, yeah. right? And the same thing, the same thing could be said for Nas. So again, it all boils down to what you're looking for. For me, when I look at overall body of work, I think that Jay-Z has too much to ignore on song records, on on everything. When when you're talking about straight up discography and better albums overall. Better albums. Um, even Jay's misses have some of the most introspective Jay bars that you've ever gotten. Same could be said for Nas. Absolutely. 
What I will mm-hmm. say about Nas is Nas right now is on a run that he's never seen, even yeah. during his Illmatic and it was written time. And that is more of a testament to him as well and about his artistry because he's still dipping into the bag and he's still dealing with somebody right now, Hit Boy, who is not in his same generation. It's easy for Nas to go and do a whole album with DJ Premier. It's easy for Nas to go and find Alchemist and go do a whole album with him. For him to connect with somebody who is from the South and younger and be able to still make music that doesn't feel forced is more a testament to Nas. I don't know if I back my argument up or back your argument up with that, but I have to be 100% objective. No, man, I appreciate that. You uh, you helped me out there for sure. But I love the dialogue. I love the dialogue. And again, there's really no wrong answer here. When it's Nas and Jay-Z, their names are going to be tied together for as long as people are listening to rap. So there's no wrong answer to who you want to put above the other. And that's why Black Republican is such a big record. Oh, yeah. And that's why, and that's why, you know, like, you know, humble brag, I was at the the, the concert where Nas and Jay-Z amended. I was there for that. That was incredible. That's that's something that I will keep in my mind because I didn't have a camera phone at the time. And yes, it was that long ago that I'll keep in my mind because it felt like two titans, two guys who needed to be like that together, yeah. right? And and that's always what it's gonna be. And that's the best part about it. And even to this day, whenever they hop on records together, and there's that little joke now that Nas put something out and Jay put something like that 50 video. Have you guys seen that? I don't know if I said it to you guys where uh you know, 50, 50's petty about it or whatever. And he's like, Nas mm. put a record out. He goes, he goes, oh, your shit coming out? And he's like, he puts the body. He's like, my shit coming out. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's still mm-hmm. slapping him, man. He was like, he was like, I be saying, fuck that. I do whatever I want or whatever. He was like, and y'all let Jay get away with this shit the whole time or whatever. But <laughs> but honestly, they're always going to be connected because of where they came up from, the beef, yeah. um, the reconciliation. They're important. And you know the you know God forbid whenever it is that they they decide to, to pass away, that's going to be a big loss for all of us. And it's just oh, yeah. It's to, just the how thing it is. is I I think again. I mean, how many times have we said it tonight? Appreciation should be bigger than the discourse. Yes. Right. Like I mean, we should be able to appreciate both of them. Like, do I think Nas is lyrically better? Sure. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Do I think the Jay Z might be better overall due to the longevity and the hits and the lack of wealth? Sure. I don't fucking care. All I know is that those you are know, some my, bars, Luke. Low key, hey, hey, <laughs> dude. It's my rap days coming back to me. Plus gas, plus hey. gas coming back. My old rap group, but like, you know, honestly though, when I'm fifty, when I'm fifty-five, thirty years from now, if both of those guys have passed away, I'm gonna be sitting there and I'm gonna be thinking like, damn, we got a lot of great music. Yep. You know, I'm not gonna be thinking like, oh, oh, I don't know. I think Jay Z might be better longevity wise. I'm gonna be thinking like, damn, they gave us fucking hits. Yeah. They gave us incredible music, both of them, and that's what should be important. Yeah. I mean, the fact I'm, of the matter is that uh, people that are stands, right, are almost 100% yeah. the most casual listeners. Always. The they lose out. They lose out on so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about that a lot with sports. Like, if you're a fucking stan of one player, if you're a stan of LeBron or a Steph stan or a KD stan, you're missing out on incredible play from all these other cats that are really, you should be taking your time going like, fuck, I've never seen anything like that before. That's incredible. Same thing if you're a Nas stan or a Jay-Z stan or a J. Cole or a Kendrick or a Drake stan or whatever. You're missing out on so many hits from other dudes and so much music that could be impactful to you. Yeah. Like, yep. fucking come on, dude. Appreciate I'm still it. standing J. Cole. I don't care what any That's of you fine. say. That's, That's fine. That's fine. And, and, and you know I'm what? Playing. Look, so again, look, I am 
again, I'm I'm on the Kendrick side of this, but I am not biased enough to say that he's ahead of Cole. Cole puts out too much music for me to ever say that about Kendrick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, my favorite is not the best right now. And that's my problem, right? Like, and but mm-hmm. what I love about Kendrick is the exclusive exclusivity and the and the, and the way that he holds music, you know, whenever he puts it out. What what was the stat that you sent me? Um, we should we might as well talk about that since we're talking about we're talking about Kendrick, right? Uh, about um, I got it right here actually. Right, right, so, right, right. Kendrick Lamar's damn has officially spent two hundred weeks on the Billboard two hundred charts. Currently, he's the only competing against himself. As Good Kid, Mad City is the longest charting hip hop album of all time at 433 weeks. After spending years with each of his albums, how do you rank Kendrick's discography? Kendrick still, Ooh. damn it, Good for that Kid, long. Good still. Kid, Mad City is still on there. I mean, yep. it should be. That's one of the greatest rap albums ever, in my opinion. Although, if we want one more quick hot take, we can separate best and favorite. My favorite Kendrick album is Section 80. That album cool. is so slept on. Cool. Again, too slept yeah, on. Way again too slept on. my yeah. favorite is to pimp a butterfly. That's yeah. what but, I have to say. Yeah. But I don't think that mainstream wise, that's his his best. And that's no. good kid. No. And I could mm-hmm. recognize that. Mm-hmm. But to pimp a butterfly opened my mind up like to yeah. some yeah. crazy shit, man. Also, like, like untitled, unmastered. That's Fuck. all the same sessions. Incredible tape. Incredible tape. Like for me, like my favorite is Good Kid, Mad City. I think To Pimp a Butterfly might be better than that, just because of the impact and 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 the depth the message. behind the lyrics. Yeah, exactly the message. But like, that's the thing. It's you have to have the ability to say, "Fuck, I love this." But goddamn, that shit might be more impactful to people. Like that that's Grammy it. performance. Oh yeah. Like, still like to me, I've been watching the Grammys for. I don't know what, probably 15 years now. You know, I'm 25. I didn't really pay attention when I was a little kid. Probably 15 years. Best Grammy performance I've ever seen. Most impactful Grammy performance I've ever seen from Tapiba Butterfly. Again, though, if I just want to, like, if if I'm drinking, I'm putting on Good Kid, Mad City, though. Yeah. Makes sense. And it still has enough of the lyrical shit. That's fine. That's fine. That's what folks don't understand. It's just like, dude appreciate both things appreciate them for the quality and appreciate them for what you love that's all that matters yep and we could put a bow on it right there thank you guys for you know the discussion that was great i think you know we went way longer than we did trills do you have five records that you've been bumping because i've got like 35 i can go do you guys have five do you guys have five songs that you've been listening to on your playlist that you can give off that that are different that we can because we always like to do that at the end of our shows like, what are we listening to? I'll start it off so I can show you guys real quick. So my list is going to go a little bit crazy because we haven't done this in a little while. But I'm going to go from both uh, both sections of the spectrum. I'm going to go from there all the way in between. So the first record is is um, Fife Dog has a remix out of Nutshell with Busta and Redman. I can't resist. I cannot. <laughs> because I love Nutshell, the, the original record. They immediately took the same Dilla beat and they ran with it. Busta and Redman, it feels easy and it feels simple. This one was like, as soon as I saw it pop up, I was like, yeah, there's no doubt hot before I even get to listen to it. And yeah, it was just as good. Um, Second record, I'm not going to put the Nip and Jay-Z record on there because that's everybody. Everybody could probably put that in their top five at this point. So I'll stray away from that. Um, That Megan, the baby song, um, Cry Baby, 
Yeah. I don't give a shit. I, that, that song is so ignorant. I really don't give a shit, and I love it. It's so incredible. I would never play it in front of my daughter, never play it in, in, in the company of women. But if I'm turning up in the car and I'm listening to that shit in my headphones, I'm with it. Um, Jim Jones continues to show why he is the best diplomat member. I will say that one more time. The best diplomat member because of the bag that he's in right now with the new Harry Fraud record. Um, lose lose. He has a new tape coming out with Harry Fraud. Jim Jones has not missed in his last four albums, and he continues to show somehow that he's better now than he ever was at yeah. rapping, which is why I will give him the nod. We could do a whole other podcast on that, but Jim Jones's new record is incredible. Freddie Gibbs and Schoolboy Q, Gang Signs. That's easy. I mean, again, you see that pop up, you see Freddie, you see Schoolboy, and you're like, this works. It actually threw me off the way that that song is because it's a lot slower and the way Freddie is on it, you know, yeah. um, you know, that's a great record. And then, man, that new Moneybag Yo Time Today record is incredible, man. Like, yeah. I find myself enjoying his music more and more the more that he puts out records. And again, I just went from Fife Dog all the way to Moneybag Yo. And this is show you what I've been listening to in, in in between and everything as well. But man, all five of these records are uh, incredible, man. And uh, that money bag record is just like uh, we can keep it gangster, we can keep it cordial. How you want to go about it, like you know? And I'm just like, and and you know what? That should be like put that shit on my tombstone, bro. Like how you want to go about it, bro? So, Charles, uh, you got five. Yeah, man. So this is the the shit that you and I always run into, man. You we get the same records. Like it, it never fails. So I won't put nutshell on it. I won't put. You know what? I'll put a different Jim Jones joint. Laps around the sun. Woo! Makes it for me. Incredible. Uh, I can't help this, but I have to put gang signs on it. This yeah. No. Great. I mean, again. I knew you were going to take the Freddie record. I tried to keep the whole record out of there. I knew like you and I, we just think about things the same way. So Yeah. And I'll take, I, I have to put, I can't front, I just have to put the whole Nip record. Also, uh, EPMD is great. I have to put that on there. The Nas record. And, and her, she killed that fight for you, John, bro. So again, tied to the movie, this soundtrack is incredible. And there's not many misses on a soundtrack, right? And and that's the thing about, you know, again, when the, when you pair this soundtrack with the movie, the music becomes more much more impactful. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm talking about with the Nip and Jay record. You know, um, I had watched the movie and then we got the record and I was just like, wow. I was like, all right, now I fucking get it. So yeah. um, Hugh, Luke, uh, either you guys want to start? Yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah. So I'm going to. I'm not going to just do I'm going to use this as a public service announcement cuz as okay. I told you guys earlier Joey Bad is my guy and he does yeah. not get the love that he deserves. So I'm going to give the people five Joey Bad songs if they don't listen to him that they need to listen to. So that's no, how I'm going to No, he made a point and he did make a point about talking about like can we get into a discussion about Joey Badass and and I think that we've made ourselves clear that he's very near and dear to us. Um yes, he just sir. didn't happen to be with the mainstream. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna give the people five Joey Badass songs that they need to listen to. So the first is Hillary Swank. That's easily top three for me. Trails knows. Trails knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, Devastated and Land of the Free. That whole album is like I talked about how Nas educated me. Joey Badass educates on that album. That oh, album is really badass. really good. Yes, it's yeah. so good from start to finish. That's one that everyone just needs not on shuffle. Like you got to listen to it in order. 
just one time through, put your headphones in, just enjoy it. So those two from the tombs, another classic from him. And then my personal favorite joy, badass song, which is waves. Uh, so anyone that needs anyone that needs a little more Joey badass in their life, which so is everyone you make tie sure you that, that Joey to tie that wave record into Mr. Cole, Mr. J Cole. Nice job, yes, sir. Nice job. I, uh, for me, so I just have the, these aren't necessarily new songs. They're just honestly some of the top five on repeat. Well, me. that's what we do too, right? So there's time yeah. shows where we're just like, this is what we're listening to. It's just yeah. me and Trills haven't done this in such a, a long time because we just got off of the New Orleans episode. So we didn't do it on there. So like I had these in there, but yeah, go for yeah. it, man. All right, perfect. So number one, LES, Lil Side by Childish Gambino. Camp is still his best album, honestly. That album is pure flames. Anybody who speaks on it, come see me. Like that shit is <laughs> come see still, me. still perfect, honestly. Uh newer song. That album is so slept on, honestly. No, that it album is. is fantastic. That was before Childish Gambino became big. And yeah. like, don't get me wrong, his other albums are solid, but like he started getting more experimental. They're not the same. Camp, still Camp, one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. So LES from that. Uh Loving Me by Kid Cuddy and phoebe bridgers a fantastic song phoebe is one of my favorite non-hip-hop artists kid cuddy is still fantastic uh i know you uh, I, I know trills and jay will appreciate appreciate this vomit spit by mf doom yeah, uh, yeah so uh, so i was on a zoom call with luke with me um yeah, yeah with luke and we were and and this was when we were getting to know each other it was new year's eve right because yeah. that's when the news broke and um and we were getting off, and he was, and he was like, "Dude, MF Doom fucking died," and we both were just like, we both like had the same reaction. Like again, the generational gap, yeah. right? I'm 11 years older than than Luke, but we both had the same reaction of, yeah. and that's we the beauty of hip hop. Even the chat, not not long after that, because it was just like, damn, dude, like that just that that dude, MF Doom is like one of the most like just fucking recognized and inspirational rappers from the fucking uh, like no matter what generation like that's in a culture in a culture that prides itself on do you nobody did them more than mf doom oh yeah and i'm like a big like growing up like i I was a big like odd future tyler the creator guy and uh, like there is no odd future without mf doom like literally like there's those videos of like tyler and earl together with with doom and it's just like you saw how much he meant to them that one for sure uh, this one, it kind of slept on this entire album is slept on the album about nothing by Wale, specifically the girls on drugs. Yeah. Uh, and that one, Wale. I, those are both, uh, I like Wale, man. On Me too. that album I think is his best. The album about nothing, pure fire for white people. We know you love Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> and, and Seinfeld is featured regularly on that album. Seinfeld is big. So here's the thing though. Se- so people attribute white people things to Seinfeld. Seinfeld is an East coast thing. That's us, yeah. right? Because of all the New York stuff or whatever. Like yeah. I, you know, again, my father's Puerto Rican, but we watched it religiously. It's still one of my favorite shows in the world. Like I can watch that shit yeah. on repeat and still laugh to this day. So um yeah. that's what I always appreciated about Wale. And then for him to even get Jerry to be halfway yeah. on board with the sneaker shit too, like it all lined up, man. Like and and yeah. I'm a big fan of Wale. So a thousand. Yeah, dude. That album is is fire all the way through. And then the number one that's been on repeat lately, it's a little older, but uh with Belly and Don Kennedy, Double Up by Nipsey Hussle, Absolute Flames. One of the best rap songs I've ever heard in my life. That shit is on repeat all day. So those are my top five for sure. 
Awesome, man. Real, well, real just, quick, uh, yeah. j- just because I was talking about earlier, I thought it was funny how I discovered uh, Naughty by Nature from Fresh Prince. I discovered Wale from, I think it was like Madden 09 or something. He had some like, un, it, it was some like EP track on there. I think it was Breakdown. And to this day, I love that song, but it's like not on any streaming service, but like, I just love that I like, I, I discover like all these rappers just from like the most like unsuspecting sources. Dude, that's the way that's so we, we, you know, we're older too, right? So we, you know, we used to have to listen to the radio and like record off the radio, right? Because there was no internet for you to Google shit, right? So there would be songs like I was telling Trills, I walked around listening to a song for an entire month and a half, not knowing that I was listening to a Cameron song featuring (laughs) DMX. I had no idea who Cameron was. And that's the way that we got like it. And that's the beauty of hip hop, right? One song can take you down a rabbit hole and can can lead you to somebody else and and that's always the enthusiasm that even still to this day at in 2021 as old as i am there's still some times where i hear a rap song and i'm just like oh my fucking god i'm like who is this you know and yeah. i want to get down the rabbit hole like it may not happen as frequently as it did but it still does happen and that's the thing that i you know again rap's more watered down but there's still great rap out there you just stop looking for it facts yeah. Well, this was great, honestly. This was amazing. Yeah, thank um, you guys so much for having us on. Honestly, this was so much fun. Hugh and I have been talking about just like, God damn, we need a music podcast or something because we love talking about this shit. So thank you guys for having us. We really appreciate it. It's the same shit that I tell Trills all the time, yo. To get a break from talking about the fucking 49ers is a fucking oh, thing, bro. Dude, like, I, I need this. Love this is therapy. Tweets today and I almost lost my mind, so I needed this. <laughs> I'm yelling this at people therapy, on the man. internet before we hop on here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that. that like I, I, it's just, it's wild. I just wanted to, you know, have a casual conversation about something I'm very passionate about, um, and that's usually what this is, man. Like I, I can't thank Trills enough. Like this got birthed during the quarantine, but God damn it, thank God for this, honestly, man. Because if I had to talk Forty yeah. Nine every yeah. single week on every single show, I might blow my brains out as much as I love it. <laughs> I know. Me and Hugh might need to start a separate pod just to fucking talk about movies Seriously, or something. Seriously, though. And bring us on. I don't care, man. Do whatever oh, you want. Yeah. Bring us on whatever you want. Yes, Y'all first guess, for sure. Hey, so, but yeah, um, echoing what Luke said, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was so much fun. No, you guys brought a great perspective to it, and I knew you would, and that's exactly why I brought you guys on. So, um, uh, Hugh, tell, you know, because people are watching live, but we have audio portion that, that we're probably going to get more listens on the audio portion. Hugh, um, Luke, just make sure you tell everybody where to follow you and, and, and about your, your podcast, which I was on this week also, by the way, guys. And yeah, I, you know, I have to say, I have to say you guys mix my voice in a sexy way. And whoever that Jason Aponte <laughs> guy is, I'm about to shoot my shot in his DM, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I already tried, uh, tried to turn me down. It hurt, but you know. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, you can follow me at Hugh Tomasello uh, on Twitter. I mostly tweet about sports, but I definitely drop some music takes in there. As much as I love hip hop, a lot of my music takes are also like early 2000s emo punk. So you're going to have to filter out Deal the music it. that you want to see. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and then Luke will tell you too, but we, we run a podcast called Blow the Whistle. So obviously anyone listening to this is going to get the reference. Uh, we're talking about Bay Area sports. So obviously shout out to too short for that but uh yeah make sure to give us a listen we had jay on this week it was an absolute blast uh you don't want to miss it so go subscribe to blow the whistle 
Yeah, 100%. Thank you guys again so much for having us on. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Bayluke underscore B-A-Y-L-U-K-E underscore. Uh, I uh, shit post a lot. I talk a lot of nonsense on Twitter. But Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's is bad most of the time. The but. live stuff is in the DM though. That, like that, let's not let's not uh get it twisted. If you think oh, it's yeah. live online, yeah. Oh my god, y'all couldn't even imagine. But yeah, if you guys like sports, sneakers, hip hop, uh, you know, movies, TV, anything, I'm always on the shits with that. Uh, so tune into that. And again, uh, yeah, if you guys want to tap into Blow the Whistle on Instagram at Blow the Whistle Pod underscore or on Twitter, Blow the Whistle P. Tune in. We got it, we would really appreciate that. Uh, you know, we just try to have fun, talk some sports, you know, have a good time. So thank you guys so much to Trills and Jason for having us. This was fantastic. Awesome, bro. Yeah, man. You know what it is. Trills, I know you don't like talking about it, but let's go, man. What you got go- like what you got going on besides moving into your new place? Cause you're a city boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys know, uh, follow me on all the socials at Trilly Trills. Um New single uh, at the first of the month, and that's all I got for y'all, man. You know, same old same. All right, cool. Well, this was great. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, thank you guys for who watched live and and everybody who's been listening. Remember to like, subscribe, leave a review. Um, that's the way that you'll get our our show viewing. Uh, our viewing. Oof. That's the way you'll get us more views. Jesus, man. <laughs> so at the end. Zoom, bro. That's what. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is more than anything. Yeah, for sure. But um, but yeah, for for Jay, for Trills, for Hugh, for Luke, we're out of here. Yeah. yeah.